0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to episode 36 of English with Tim, the podcast where you can learn English in depth and detail. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk about French loanwords in English. Loanwords are, as you may recall from episode 35 last week on German loanwords, words that are consciously taken or borrowed from another language, often to represent an idea that is uncommon or does not exist in the receiving language. Before I get into French loanwords, though, I want to point out a fact about English that may be surprising for my listeners who are from countries where Slavic languages are spoken. So what is this surprising fact? it is that English is positively exploding with words of French origin. Around 40% of English words come from French. That's 40 4 zero, not 1-4. If you are an English native speaker who has never studied French, and you pick up a French book or newspaper, you won't be able to understand what's written there, but a lot of the words and word parts will look familiar even if you don't know what they mean. You will recognize roots, prefixes, and suffixes, and sometimes entire words, even if you can't be sure that they mean the same thing in French as they do in English. So why is this the case? Isn't English actually a Germanic language, like German or Swedish? Well, the answer is that yes, English is a Germanic language, but that France invaded England in the year 1066 and occupied it for a long time afterwards. So in some sense, that 40% of English words that I mentioned that are of French origin are all loanwords. In today's episode, though, I'm going to focus on French loanwords and expressions that have come into English usage in the past 100 or 200 or so years. That's because French loan words from the invasion of England are so commonly used that no one thinks of them as French anymore, and I want to focus on French words that still sound unusual and foreign and exotic. There's actually an easy way to understand if a French word is still seen as foreign and exotic by English speakers. That is, that they try to pronounce the word in what they think is a French accent. The reason English speakers do this is because they associate France and the French language with worldliness and sophistication, which is something I think you will see from this episode's selection of words, which I have broken into categories. I will use kind of a mix of um, the English pronunciation that is accepted in the English-speaking world and the French pronunciation. Um, Generally, there's not a huge difference between the two, um, but it's pretty noticeable. But I'll use a mix anyway. Um, So, let's start with the first category, which is emotions. The first uh, word from this category is déjà vu. That's actually the French pronunciation, and the pronunciation in English is déjà vu. Because here we have actually an established English pronunciation. I'm going to use the English one instead of the original French. So, déjà vu means something like, I already saw that. And it refers to a feeling we get when we uh, see something or someone that makes us feel that we have already seen it before in our lives, but we're unable to exactly say when it happened. So some situations where people might experience or feel deja vu are when they are visiting a place for the first time and feel as though they've already been there, even though that's not the case, or when a person has a dream at night and feel that they must have had this dream before but can't remember when. Another time somebody might have deja vu is when they're watching a TV show or movie for the first time and feel that they've seen the same scene or situation in life or on TV before. Or a person might be in a conversation and feel that they've had this very same talk before, even though they're not actually sure that this actually happened. So some people explain the phenomenon of déjà vu by saying that each of us has lived several times before in the past, and that the feeling of déjà vu comes from us keeping some fragments of memories from our past lives. Let's move on to the next category, which is love and sex. The first word here is Femme Fatale. So the French pronunciation is Femme Fatale. In English, we usually say Femme Fatale. So a Femme Fatale is an extremely attractive and mean or cruel woman who takes pleasure in manipulating men by using sex and the false promise of love. So, the next word in this category is Ménage à trois, And it's generally pronounced in English with something like the French pronunciation. So, Ménage à um, and ménage à literally means doing housework, so like dusting the furniture or vacuuming the floor or washing the dishes, um, in a team of three people. But in both French and English, it also means having sex in a group of three people. Let's move on to the next category, which is food and drink. So the first word from this category is sommelier. Um, the English pronunciation is very close to this, sommelier. So a sommelier is a person in a cafe or restaurant who serves the visitors or, or uh, clients wine and knows how to pour wine exactly the right way and can advise people on which wine they should drink. So, yeah, sommelier. Another word from this category is charcuterie. So, the French pronunciation is charcuterie, something like that. Hopefully, my French pronunciation has not decayed too much in the past several years since I've spoken it regularly, but the English pronunciation is actually, again, pretty close, charcuterie. Um, Charcuterie refers to high-quality meat that is served usually in rather small portions, The portions are small because part of the goal of charcuterie is to taste the meat and appreciate its quality rather than to just get calories and stop feeling hungry. You can often hear in English the phrase charcuterie board, which refers to a wooden board with a selection of different types of meat on it, high-quality meats, hopefully. In recent years, it's become popular to bring charcuterie boards to parties and events. Another great expression in the category of food, drink, and celebration is bon vivant. So that's the French pronunciation, English pronunciation is bon vivant. So a bon vivant is literally a uh, person who lives well and it is used to talk about a person who at all times of day may be found enjoying the pleasures of life including partying and finding lovers and smoking and drinking wine, champagne, and cognac and possibly smoking. Um, A bon vivant knows that there are consequences for these kinds of hobbies, but views the consequences as an acceptable price for a life of pleasure. It's worth mentioning that a bon vivant probably works only when it's enjoyable or at least unavoidable. Now, I lived in France personally for a year, and now that I think about it, I didn't actually meet any bon vivants myself. Well, okay, I did meet some students who one could describe as bon vivants, but I never met anyone older than 25 who could be called a uh, bon vivant. I do, however, remember a conversation with two French women that I met in 2008 who told me that they thought all of Russia was populated mainly by, by bon vivants. Actually, now that I think about it, I can remember two French bon vivants. Um, I met them in the city of Nice in southeastern France. It was about 9 a.m., and it was quite sunny and beginning to get quite warm. I remember that I turned the corner on the street where I was walking with my two friends from Germany, and I saw two absolutely ugly young men. They were completely and utterly drunk with red eyes, and their skin was as white as paper. You could even see into their bodies. It was absolutely appalling how drunk they were. They were so drunk, they were almost falling over, and they just looked at us with this really arrogant, defiant look that made me think that they were acting on some kind of principle that I didn't quite understand. So, yeah, bon vivance. Um, Not all of them were that extreme, but that was the one that stuck in my memory. Let's move on to the next category, which is quite similar. Um, It is Celebration and Social Life. So the first item from this category is RSVP, which is actually an abbreviation that I will explain in a minute. An RSVP is an invitation to a formal event especially a wedding. An RSVP always includes a request that the person receiving the RSVP respond and say whether they plan on coming or not. And that is in fact what RSVP means. It is, répondez s'il vous plaît, which means, respond soon, please. Actually, when I was a kid, I was always confused by the RSVP abbreviation and concluded before I knew French that it meant respond soon, very please, which of course is nonsense. The other word in this category of celebration and social life is rendezvous. So in French, the pronunciation is super similar, rendezvous. In English, uh, we can't really say that French R, so we just say rendezvous. So a rendezvous is two things. It is a meeting or a date with another person. For example, can you meet me tomorrow at four? No, sorry, I have a rendezvous with a lady friend. So the other thing that rendezvous can mean is a place where people plan to meet each other, place and time. For example, where's the rendezvous? It's at the southeast corner of Central Park at 4 p.m. Now, let's move on to the next category, which has to do with art. The first word in this category is haute couture. That's the French pronunciation. In English, we'd probably just say haute couture, Um, and haute couture is the practice of creating extremely high-quality high fashion clothing haute couture is clothing that is made to fit specifically one's one person's body in order to make that person look as good or interesting as possible haute couture is also made by the most prestigious clothing designers who in turn use the best quality materials haute couture is extremely expensive and is usually seen only in fashion shows haute couture clothing might be worn just once by its owner Haute couture is, as you can imagine, really expensive, so most people can't afford it, but it does influence larger fashion trends through fashion shows that it appears in. Now, the second word in this category of art is nom de plume. That's the French pronunciation, nom de plume, and in English, we say nom de plume. Literally, this means name of feather. Nom, name, plume, feather. So, this means, um, uh, name of feather, and it refers to a second, invented name that is used by a writer. Um, And, again, more sophisticated people may try to say this in the French way, although not always. An example of a writer who had a nom de plume was Eric Blair, the English author who wrote 1984 and Animal Farm. Eric Blair's nom de plume was, of course, George Orwell. Stephen King wrote his earliest stories using the gnome de plume Richard Bachman. In previous times, women sometimes published their writings under a gnome de plume because it was generally expected that men and not women would write books. For example, the American fantasy writer Alice Norton published books under the gnome de plume Andre Norton because boys and girls, uh, boys and not girls, sorry, were the main audience for fantasy stories when she was writing. Another expression in English which means basically the same thing is gnome de plume is pen name. So why say nom de plume instead of the more common and understandable pen name? Well, variety is one reason, and another is uh, that saying something in French makes you sound w- more worldly and sophisticated. In fact, this brings me to my final thoughts about what is shared by nearly all of the French loan words I have discussed today. What is shared by nearly all of these words and expressions is that they deal with sensation and pleasure. It could be food and drink, it could be partying or social life, it could be sex, it could be smoking, it could be art, but it is uh, generally about pleasure as a primary goal. This is very different from the stereotypical Anglo-Saxon way of doing things, where pleasure is something we get as a reward, usually for hard work, and is not the goal in itself. I think this explains why English speakers often try to pronounce these French words in what they think is a French accent. They think of France as being a place of sophistication and pleasure, and they want in some way to be more like the French themselves. That is all for today. I will see you in the comments below, and of course, next Monday morning. Thanks for listening, everybody.